Now it has come time to give a first half of the Major League Baseball season recap. Major League Baseball, a, sto- a sport in which the teams are owned by billionaires and played by millionaires. So the juxtaposition um, between the college people and the pros it's the common man sports that yeah is run by guys in the in suits and ties and then players that just have these monster contracts (laughs) to play for their teams so Mm -hmm. this episode is launching on the day of the all-star game so we are right in the first half and a lot of stuff happened so we're gonna jump right into it um you know Got a couple main storylines, and you got to go with the number one, uh, the Sticky Substance Crackdown. And on June 21st, earlier this year, Major League Baseball started enforcing a rule in which they would check pictures for foreign sticky substances at any point in the game or at the request of an opposing manager. The use of foreign substances has long been against the rules of baseball, but it's been ignored for decades. Think about your favorite player. Mods are as they've used something. Uh, you know, pine tar, you know, sweats, rosin, sunscreen, you know, you name it. There's been countless stories. But now, in the middle of a season, I might add, the Major League Baseball has decided that it's going to crack down with very little foresight and foreknowledge. So, this is now in effect. This is a reality that we have to live with. And it has, as of now, resulted in very sad scenes. Pitchers getting checked multiple times, a.k.a., you know, reference uh, Mad Max Scherzer. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, standing there, and they're just like, they have the obvious look on their face. They're like, like on, Do I have to show ridiculous. you the inside of, like, my shirt to my pants here, like, completely yeah. inside out to, like, prove that I don't, that I'm not hiding anything yet? That, that I know. Was just that, that highlighted, that, that was just kind of, like, the peak of ridiculousness, like, how... Yeah far this has gone exactly you know and you had players you know just completely like taking their pants down they're like they're they're just showing how ridiculous it is you know they're they're like oh you know you're just you're taking me for the third time now come on um so far this has resulted in one suspension so far man who knows if many more were to come and that man was hector santiago they went up to him they checked his glove for several minutes they kind of looked at each other and they're like uh yeah yeah you're out of here <laughs> so they throw him out he's suspended for 10 games his spot on the roster for the mariners cannot be filled he was fined an undisclosed amount and hector santiago plans to appeal the decision as by the time this episode comes out, it will be this very week. So he claimed that he used nothing. And his claim is that his sweat combined with the MLB-approved rosin, that's the bag that's on the mound, to make his glove sticky. That's what he claims. You know, the MLB provides that rosin bag. That's what you see when the pitchers go and they get the bag and they kind of, you know, play around with it for a little bit to try to improve the grip. So that's his claim. So we'll see what the appeal comes down to. But so maybe many more suspensions to come, but really the whole point is my whole take on it is that this whole mess is no pun intended a sticky situation. It's a mess. Um, yes, I was going to say the, the <laughs> yeah. I was like okay, the bear will probably like 
put some play on words to this, but like looking at your notes is like, okay, like, yeah, this is a, MLB is in a sticky situation, so to speak. Oh yeah, it sure is. You know, you're doing it in the middle of the season. You know, um, we obviously don't want pitchers to have crazy, you know, spin rates to where they're just, you know, wiffle ball. I mean, wiffle balling it up, you know, but they... The balls as themselves, which are owned by Rawlings, which MLB that then owns, they are, you know, you can't get a good grip on them already. Um, and, you know, why not just allow sunscreen and rosin and then everything else is, you know, off limits. You have Tyler Glass now. He sustained a partial UCL tear. He went cold turkey as it was ramping up to that June 21st date. And that injury placed him on the 60-day IL. This guy, you know, he had a promising year. You know, people were calling for him to win the AL Cy Young, but on the, he's out for two months. And this could have been avoided if MLB set the standard at the beginning of the season, I truly believe. You know, they should pitchers should be able to grip slick balls and the balls are slick they need something um and it's just to be able to locate the pitches they don't want to hit the batters and that's what they've been saying for so long it might very well be the case that this the line has been crossed you reference uh, you know poor interview answers by the likes of garrett cole who he didn't say but he basically said that he used spider tack <laughs> and you know I'm no one should be okay with that because spider tack is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> it's that's a ridiculous substance, it's not sunscreen, it's something that you put on and it's just you I mean the ball can just it sticks to you like it's nobody's business. But it's just you know, it would have been a lot better if they handled it during the off season and established it at the beginning. You can look at the Japanese baseball league, they have tackier balls. They their balls are by default tackier, and in that situation, they don't need foreign substances. They yeah. they hold the ball, and it's fine. Why can't we just do that? Why can't we do just sunscreen and rosin, and everything else is down? Uh, so, it, I mean, it's a tough haul. On the one hand, spider tack is bad, and the pitchers are using it, which I'm pretty sure they are. Then we need to do something about it. But at the same time, you know, this is just you, Hector Santiago might. Be completely innocent, and I, I think back to like what he's, yeah, like his case here. And man, okay, like I'm just like we're sitting here recording this. I've got a, I've got my left hand kind of resting here, uh, resting here on my thigh, and like it's, you know, it doesn't take much like in the middle of the summer, what to just like you know have a little bit of just like, you know, like a little bit of sweat, like that kind of bringing like the salt and, uh, and, and kind of like water and sweat, like all that kind of to the surface of your skin and then touch just like one or two like random things. And like all of a sudden your hand kind of becomes a little sticky. Like my left hand, it was just resting here on my thigh. Now, like I'm inside my apartment where like I've got the AC on. It isn't even all that hot. It's just, it's been actually pretty mild lately here. Uh, in Dallas, but it's just been humid. And like my left hand is just a little bit sticky from like sitting here on my leg. And like, I think yeah, exactly. just like going out to like the mm -hmm. ball game, uh, like as a fan, like, yeah, I'll just get like a little bit of sweat. I'll end up touching something random. Like while I'm there, like the door of the bathroom or, uh, or like, uh, like I'm at the concession stand or what. 
and my hand <laughs> this isn't any, any forward substance it's just like my hand yeah. like becomes sticky at that point like he's yeah, got exactly. a i think santiago's got a very valid like i look like at his point the most here it just seems very valid that like look like just a couple of like a couple of interactions of like with very basic things, like one of which is like an MLB approved sus- substance, like can make <laughs> can, can make your uh, your hand like the surfaces that you're working with sticky. Like it's yeah. just and it's, it feels like it's very much a complete overcompensation of the league to have to uh, to be addressing this right now in this manner, as opposed to like this should have been the standard should have been set before. Uh, but before the season began, I'm 100% with you there. It's just, it's, it's a, it's a ridiculous look for the league right now to be like, <laughs> to like for like sports center now to have like multiple of these situations each night happening. And like, like dudes like being about ready to strip down because they're, <laughs> because they had like one ball that looked like slightly sticky. I mean, come on, this is just ridiculous. I know, yeah, and of course, you know, you got the collective bargaining agreements um, happening at the end of this year, and this is just going to be one more thing that they're going to have to mull over and really hammer down. You got the players' union, you know, and they don't want pitchers to hit batters, but they also don't want them to have crazy spin rates, and just, you know... And the Major League Baseball has one of, if not the strongest, like, officiating unions... So, I mean, that kind of, that shows the hand that's going on right here of like, yeah. of course, that's why these guys are, are now getting searched all the time for this stuff. It's uh, it just, yeah. baseball is a very complicated sport in terms of the power brokering and how, uh, and, and just how there is not these great levels of trust between players, management, officiating, um, the, like, all the different parties involved it's just it's a constant it's a constant struggle it seems yeah i know exactly and i mean are these umps are they are they really trained to find legitimate foreign substances like spider tack or do they just grab the glove or the belt or whatever and it's like oh hey this feels sticky let's throw them out it's just yeah uh, it's just, it's gonna be rough i mean this it, <laughs> like it's something it's once again completely subjective like we keep putting yeah, these no. things that should be objective like strike zones uh in the hands of where there's biases and uh, that leads then and he just takes one umpire with an ego to turn it into a complete ump show and uh, yeah. the, the game being pretty much ruined because you've got these ridiculous things going down. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, just to cap that off, spider attack bad, but the way it's unfolding, it could have been handled different ways. But, I mean, I, I guess maybe it was getting too out of hand, and they ne- might have needed to do something, but uh, yeah, there's, you can always do something better. But, yeah, that's one of the major storylines of baseball, so you got to talk about it. It's just it's going to be a messy situation for the rest of the season, I predict. Um, and this kind of segues into the second um, main topic that I want to bring up, which is the fact that there have been seven no hitters so far this year. One of them being combined, and the other six being individual. This ties the modern era record for number of no hitters in a season. Uh, the first six individual no hitters were thrown by Joe Musgrove of the Padres, Carlos Rodon of the White Sox, John Means of the Orioles. It's good to, for the Orioles to have something to be happy about because they're 
pitiful. <laughs> Wade Miley of the Cincinnati Reds. Spencer Turnbull of the Detroit Tigers. Again, another pitiful team having something to cheer about. And Corey Kluber of the New York Yankees. The combined no-hitter being by the Cubs against the mighty Dodgers of all teams. Um, and it's it's worth pointing out... You know, because early in the season, this was a big deal. It's become less of a big deal as far as just, you know, hot topics in baseball because it's been a while since it's happened. But I will point out, this kind of segues into the sticky substance situation. These individual no-hitters, were hap- they all happened before June 21st, a.k.a. the sticky, sticky substance crackdown. So this is pure speculation, but... Were the was it getting out of hand this year? Do they have insider knowledge that you know these players were just like, okay, if you're not going to enforce it, then we're going to spider tack it up and just go for it? Again, it's pure speculation, but you know this year came around and they were throwing no hitters like it's nobody's business. So it's what it's is interesting. What is your uh, what is your assessment on the state of pitching right now? Uh, like the pitchers that are in uh, currently right now in the show. Um, like what do we, what do we, do you think that the talent level matches the, the no hitters that are, uh, the, the, the amount that we have had so far? Uh, do you think they're, uh, do you think that maybe it's inflated by, uh, the, the current mound placement? Is it just, is it time when we consider all those factors? Are we just seeing like a level of athleticism and talent emerge within pitching in major league baseball hmm. that, you know, it warrants, uh, in your opinion, the uh, the mound being moved back, um, or just considering other kind of in game uh, changes that need to be made to uh, to to possibly uh, kind of ignite a little bit more offense and less of these more frequent occurring no hitters, like something <laughs> that historically has been something that like we've reserved for like, okay, this, this is like a special occasion that, you know, we see a bunch of other factors come into it that make up like a no hitter game as opposed to, yeah, just somebody going out and ultimately like not, not like letting anybody on base. So they unpack that a little bit of how you see the current state of pitching in baseball. Yeah, well, even before the no-hitters, I was all about moving the mound back. Uh, Average fastball uh, speeds are going uppity up. Um, You know, pitchers definitely have a lot lot of power, especially this is, you know, before the MLB cracked down. And again, you know, egregious foreign substances, we need to get them out. I have a strong suspicion that they are widely used at least at least by uh the likes of cole and verlander and mad max scherzer that's probably why they checked him so many times in one of those first games um after the crackdown happened <clears throat> because you had that uh, ex-employee of the angels throwing them under the bus and he named mad max scherzer uh, specifically on top of garrett cole and verlander and others so uh but Without knowing specifics, I can't really speak to the sticky substance, whether they attribute it to these no-hitters or not. It's it's possible, but we don't have the evidence. But regardless, you know, move the mound back. It's time for a correction, uh, getting more offense in. You know, I, I'm a fan of no-hitters, um, and I'm not saying... 
I, I don't want this to be a knee-jerk response to the no-hitters. This is a response to the generally ramping up of faster pitches, more increased sports science, the fact that the fans are excited about offense, you know. It's cool to see no-hitters. Oh, man, perfect games, no-hitters, you know. I'm not saying there can't be any. It's just... Yeah, just like the previous point, you know, it's it's a yeah. tough. This is an offensive-driven game now. Uh, mm-hmm. Small ball it comes much fewer and further between, uh, and so yeah, the you're gonna have power there. Uh, they're at the plate, and fancy are looking for that power to be to be showcased appropriately. Um, so yeah, I think that there are definitely changes to be looked at to be made. Oh yeah, we can. Yeah, we've talked about that at length, and we will continue to talk about that. You know, baseball can and do so many things, but will it? That is the big question. So, uh, those are my uh, first two major storylines, and for the rest of the storylines, I'm gonna unpack them not as I go through the current standings as of this recording, and as I go through, I've got a few storylines. I'm not gonna harp on every team and every player, but there are a few teams and a few players that I want to highlight because I think it is worth so. So that segues us into the current standings as of this recording. July 6th, we start things off in the American League East. The American League, the league that cheats, the league in which they have the DH. Nah, <laughs> it's, <laughs> the, the, it's the league that's all about offense. You know, they said, forget this. You know, we want we want the DH and they, they wreck it up. So, the AL East, the elusive AL East, right now the Boston Red Sox are on top, and they are one of the very few teams that I want to give some love to. This goes out to all the Red Sox fans who I know listen to the show. <laughs> Shout out to our boy Richard. He's Shout out to our boy Richard and our boy Hagen. This is for you. Um, but no, seriously, I mean, it's not biased too much, I will say, but I want to point out and talk about the Red Sox for a second. They, it seems like they are exceeding expectations. Um, we all have short-term memory loss. In, 2019, in 2018, they won the World Series. whoop de doo But come 2019, they finished third in the AL East with an 84-78 and record. And in 2020, they finished dead last in the AL East. That's right. Last year, they were dead last behind the Baltimore Orioles with a 24-36 and record. So if you're coming straight off of that and everyone just kind of forgot that the Red Sox actually have some good people on their team, which they do. I mean, last year, it's just kind of a mulligan year. This year... They are on full force, ladies and gentlemen, and they are behind the offensive powerhouses of Xander Bogarts, baby. He is an all-star, 321 batting average, 918 OPS, 13 bombs, and 48 RBIs. Another um, infielder, Raphael Devers, who is also another all-star, 290 batting average, 938 OPS, 21 bombs, and 71 RBIs. And of course, you can't talk about offensive powerhouses with Without J.D. Martinez, a.k.a. the one who got away, that is a reference to all the Rastros fans out there. <laughs> he reps the D.H. with a 299 batting average, 911 OPS, 17 bombs, and 56 RPIs. This team, they are just... 
wrecking when it comes to offense. They have they are number one in the AL East in runs scored. So it's just offense, offense, offense. And you know they they're all nobody gave him any credit. Nobody. I mean, people were giving the Rays because they went to the World Series, and they were giving the Yankees credit because they. everybody always, by default, gives the Yankees credits because they're the Yankees, but the Red Sox, they're sneaking up on everybody and uh, you know, not doing themselves, but they're proving that they're a force to be reckoned with. As of this recording, they have a four-and-a-half game lead over the Tampa Bay Rays. And I, I want to... I want to mention this is all without Chris Sale. Chris Sale has been injured this whole time, but Chris Sale is coming back. He is beginning his rehab assignment soon, and he could be back no later than August, and he will have a lot to add to that lineup. Uh, You look at the team overall, they are third in MLB in OPS with 760, third in MLB in batting average with 259, and they are tied for third in, in MLB with slugging for the 439. There, there is one thing that is holding the back, and Chris Sale cannot get here soon enough, and that is their pitching. Their pitching stats are pretty low uh, when it comes to ERA and WHIP. They're kind of you know in the middle of the pack. You look at the you look at the standings, and aside from the Orioles, they have the worst runs loud number in the AL East. So they're getting by by just outscoring everybody. Essentially, their pitching is you know it's 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 you know it's mediocre. Um, but the, despite that, they are currently at the top. We're really going to have to see. You know, Chris Sale's going to come in. They're going to have to step it up if they want to be legitimate contenders. You know, you can't count the Yanks out yet. Uh, but so far, it's Red Sox Rays and. You know, shout out to the Red Sox. You know, uh, let's see if they can make some, you know, October magic. So, uh, you know, shout out to the Red Sox, Boston Nation, baby. You know, they're proud, uh, you know, repping it up. But that brings me to my next team because the flip side of the Red Sox is the New York Yankees. And what's happening to the Yankees? Uh, from a bias perspective, is hilarious. At one point earlier this season, they had the worst record in the American League. I'm not joking. They had a worse record than the Baltimore Orioles and the Detroit Tigers. It was really, really funny. And Trav, I mean, they had a worse record than the Texas Rangers. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, the Rangers aren't that bad, but still. yeah. And, and, and most of America is not shedding a single tear. No, ex- exactly. And my main point with the Yankees is that their manager, Aaron Boone, and their GM, Brian Cashman, are on the hot seat. Uh, if they can't make the postseason... Both of them are gone. If I were a Yankees fan, I would want them gone yesterday. I'm like, get them all out of here. It's been over 10 years since they made the World Series, and they are second in payroll with $201 million. I mean, what else can I add? The yeah, John- I don't think of Brian Cashman's tenure since he's been with the Yankees, and it's just not very impressive at all. Like yes. he's a he, He's given a lot of talk and not a lot of follow-through when it comes to results. 
So I know it's just it's it's just so sad they 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 throw money away. The John Carlos Stanton experiment is not working right now. Their run differential is negative and the half point in the season for the twenty fifth time in their history. And that begs the question: in the previous twenty four times that they had a negative run differential. At the halfway point, they made the World Series zero times in their previous 24 times. So they history are, is definitely not in their favor with this. It is not. They're 10 and a half games behind the Red Sox. That's not within striking distance. That's bad. That's really, really bad. And you you see it in Aaron Boone's post-game interviews. Yeah. You see it in his face. He knows he's desperate. He wants to keep this his job. This is just a team when you look at the, you just look at confidence in the base stats for them here, but in comparison to the to the rest of the AL East. They are at the bottom of run score and they mm-hmm. pretty much have an exactly they're 42 and 41 right now as it stands um they have a lead right now on the Mar- mariners recording this um but so that's one game over 500 if a 23 and 22 23 and 22 home record a 19 and 19 away record um so yeah this isn't just like this is a team that from looking at this there's not just like one kind of like like hey you know if they if going to the second half of the season, if they kind of tie in something up in this one area, there's kind of like the missing piece. Like there's, yeah, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head, like where the star power is with this team to say that they have a fighting chance to crawl their way back up in there for the wild card right now. Like there's just nothing really impressive with the Yankees at the moment. Exactly. They have nothing going for them. I mean, they had in their infinite wisdom the, the foresight to pick up Rugned Odor. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> even a former Ranger, no, even a Ranger fan such as yourself. I mean, you probably are looking at that and you're like, what the heck are you doing, man? Rugged Rugi Odor? He's a three true come outcome machine, as in he strikes out like it's nobody's business and maybe hits a bomb every now and then. <laughs> I mean, well, I we, just, like, why? We as the Rangers kept that experiment going on longer than it should have. And ultimately the Yankees <laughs> thought, you know, Hey, like we'll get this guy out here. We'll have him shave his beard. We'll, uh, we'll whip, <laughs> we'll whip him up into, uh, yeah. into his, uh, into a good white collar shape. And, uh, he'll, he'll represent the Yankees with pride, but, uh, yeah. no, like it's, there's, n- there, there's no contributing factor really that he's made to uh, the yeah. organization. So. Exactly. You know, the, you know, the personal side of me doesn't care, but Hey, Yankee nation is strong and they are mad because when you have 27 championships, you have high expectations. So, I mean, if they don't, again, I stand by it. If they don't make the, the postseason, Aaron Boone for sure is gone. And I wouldn't be surprised if GM Brian Cashman's gone too so they at least a lot of drama happening there you know you got the rays who they were atop for a while but now they're coming coming back down to earth you know glasnow's out for two months as i mentioned but you know it's 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 red sox rays uh and you know maybe possibly the blue jays uh the blue jays you know they're coming up offensively we'll see so very very it's always an exciting um, it's always an exciting division, so we will just have to wait and see. So, uh, moving on into the AL Central, not a whole lot to talk about here. It's all White Sox, baby. White Sox. They're under the helm of Tony Larusa, who coming out of retirement <laughs> and leading the team hot. 
So. Yeah, they're 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 battling some injuries too, but they're uh, they're hanging in there with it as they uh, it really is the strength of the a- the AL Central this year. And uh, yeah, the White Sox have had uh, struggles for a long time, but they've uh, they've been very strong at home this year. Thirty one fourteen record, uh, runs scored four and nineteen. Uh, top of that uh, top of that division, uh, they're on th- unfortunately on a three game losing streak at the moment. But there's just the that division is not super strong and the White Sox have a lot of talent that they've built up um, in recent years. Kind of as they've been at the bottom and have, uh, have done a good job with their farm system. Uh, so it's, it's uh, I, I have to ha- hand it to, uh, to the South side of Chicago and, uh, and their fans there with the White Sox, the uh, they're, they they've had a really solid year, and I think it's uh, I think there's a very strong possibility that they uh, that, yeah they win the AL, AL Central this year, and um, and it's going to be fun to see uh, see postseason baseball come back to the South Side. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, they have allowed the fewest runs allowed in the entire American League, and that just goes to show their powerhouse pitching. Lance Lynn, baby, former Texas Ranger, former St. Louis Cardinal. He's played for a lot of different teams, but man, that guy goes out and he rakes. I've personally seen him pitch, and with my own eyes, and and in real life. And when I saw him pitch, he threw eight shutout innings and I'm like golly this guy's a monster and he is leading them over and Carlos Rodon of course he threw a no hitter they got Dallas Keuchel the lefty and you know they got the offensive powerhouse as well so you know White Sox baby they haven't won a World Series since 2005 I won't I will not name the team who they beat but you can figure that out yourself (laughs) so yeah AL Central baby it's White Sox nation um the one one other thing I will add is that the Detroit Tigers, who they were the punching bag, they're starting to come back up. You know, maybe six a and four bit. in the last ten games, and yeah, I mean AJ Hinch is doing a great job working with a organization that's very much in rebuilding mode right now. I know, and they did not yeah. start like, like man, they did not start out the season as well at all. Like they were in like, yeah. they were in like single digit wins and like truly just like a handful of them and like in double digit losses like very early on like it looked like okay this was an all-time bad team possibly at first but uh but they have um but they've really turned things around as of recent yeah and when i say turn things around they're still 10 and a half games behind the white Sox, but they're turning things around in the sense that they're not dead last you know the twins are massively underperforming which is very very pathetic on their part i mean they're plagued with injuries but man that's just really sad to see the twins people thought it was going to be twins white Sox, but the white Sox are just completely running away with it you got the tigers you know they're just they're they're not at the bottom you know they're somewhat creeping up i don't expect them to make a run for the division but you know hinch he's got a lot of a lot to work with he's a great manager he made a bad mistake with the seeding scandal but we will see so you know not as tight in that division the indians are six games back and they, they might make a run for it but that will remain to be seen and that leads us on into our favorite division the al west AL West, baby there you go. The AL West has are the teams that are near and dear to our hearts. And this brings me to another one of my main points. And yes, 
I am an Astros fan. I'm going to talk about the Houston Astros. And it's not without merits because this season... They have been hot lately. <laughs> they Well, even before they've been hot, they got the hate. They got the booze. They were starting to get them back in February of 2020 in the spring training games, but then COVID broke out. But this year, it's all, you know, guns blazing. They are getting the booze. They are getting the hate. Literally, literally from the very start of their first game in Oakland, and they've gotten it on the road at every single place. Some places it's been more, some it's been less. They had that infamous three-game series in New York to a reduced crowd, I will add. But even though it was like 25% capacity, I was watching those games on TV and it was deafening. Those fans let them have it. And they were booing and booing and shouting all the expletives. And, you know, it it was a crazy thing to witness. It really was. And I will point out later this season, they are going to be facing the Los Angeles Dodgers in Los Angeles for the first time since the scandal broke out to a 100% capacity crowd. And oh my gosh, guys, this is going to happen in the second half of the season. You got to watch it because you're you're probably not even going to be able to hear the announcers talk. I mean, they are going to give them so much hate. I mean, you know, (laughs) we'll see what happens. (laughs) It's, I mean, and that's why I got to bring up the Astros because, I mean, they're, they're the bad guy. And, but here's the thing. They are shutting up the haters. They have the best offense in baseball. They are leading in OP- OPS with 794, leading in batting average with 273, leading in on-base percentage with 350, and leading in RBIs with 453. And they are second behind the Blue Jays in slugging with 444. They have the best offense in baseball. They're like, forget you guys. We are going to go out and we are going to claim the lead in the ALS. They currently have a three and a half game lead. And as I'm speaking, they're beating up on the A's. So, I mean, people... You know, they didn't give him a lot of credit because they didn't do so well last year. And despite that, they made their fourth straight ALCS. And the big question is, can they make it to fifth straight ALCS? Very, very impressive. We'll see. I mean, right now, they're 52-33. and 33. They are a top in the AL West, and they have a league-leading plus 137 rub differential and their pitching is not that bad either they're all they're top 10 in team era and their whip they got valdez doing well mccullers doing well granky doing well they're all just doing well bullpen's their biggest question but hey they're showing that you know we might not have needed the trash cans after all you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know maybe our guys are just flat out good yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, a lot of things happening with uh, the Astros. As far as the West goes, it's right now for the whole time it's been Astros A's. A's had the lead for the longest time, but the Astros have taken it as of recent and we'll see what happens. We'll get into our predictions later. Um, you know, the one thing I will add about the Rangers is they are 19 games back. It's to be expected, but they have a couple of all-stars. They have some promise with Adolis Garcia, Joey Gallo, and Kyle Gibson. Kyle Gibson, their ace, is 
phenomenal. Um, yes, I, he is. I saw him personally pitch in the one game that I've been to this year, and you know he. I mean, he's he's lights out. People, everyone's giving him the credit that he deserves. And a big question is, will the Rangers trade him like they do with all the other best pitchers like Miner and Lynn? <laughs> I don't know, Trav. What do you think they're gonna do? I right now, I've heard that Joey Gallo is Ooh, a, uh, a more potential hot trade commodity right now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's the the Rangers are stuck in this, like, right now they're a 395 winning percentage. They're stuck. The Rangers are just, once again, look like they're probably going to put themselves in the position to be stuck in this, like, somewhere like 400 uh, uh, winning percentage range purgatory of <laughs> just, like, trading away trading away one or more key pieces um, to the season, like, I, either in the middle of it or once it's over. Uh, a subpar farm system yeah. and but just still like being competitive ultimately in a in a good division um here of uh, of major league baseball so it's i feel like and i think especially considering that the rangers I believe may have jack Leiter from vanderbilt on their radar uh, as a potential option the draft the coming for the upcoming year i'm not so much sure if the Rangers will look to use uh, use Kyle Gibson as trade bait, but I think it may be more Joey Gallo is our potential. Uh, I, I fear potentially maybe losing him more. Yeah. It's it could go either way. The Rangers are just in such like a tough position um, yeah. with this, and just our for our recent history with our farm system and uh, our trades kind of show that I think like things can go either way and there's there's really ultimately no telling that our front office is just it has some interesting philosophy of how they they make their moves exactly my friend uh joey gallo he's a three true outcome guy but in the, on the good side he hits bombs and he, he is a he is a modern day like checks a bunch of the boxes of the the analytics of a great player and one mm. that like just makes a clubhouse better um, both like on the field and then also off with, the, with his personality and his attitude as well. Uh, yeah, Joey understands how to uh, how to how to work uh, work pitch counts, uh, but ultimately when he does swing that bat, like he is a like he is a like you know it's better to make some sort of contact uh, or give it give it like a good swing than uh, is not really at all. Like he, uh, he either wants to be uh, he either wants to to take the walk to get on base. Or he wants to just be the star of at the plate there. So, um, but I know. We, he's a he's a fiery and explosive player because of that, and uh, and we love uh, we love our Joey Jacks here in uh, hashtag Joey Jack here in DFW. Exactly. Yep. Uh, Rangers, man. Maybe they'll get there one day. <laughs> um, and that brings me to the last team in the American League that I want to talk about, and that is the Los Angeles Angels. Uh, also Mike, stuck in 500 purgatory. The, yes, you know, you know, you had Mike Trout come out at the beginning of the season. This is a multi-time MVP winner. He said at the beginning of the season that he finally figured it out. He's like, I finally got things down. And you're like, wait a second. You've won multiple MVPs. You are the best player in baseball. And you say just now you're figuring things out. It was scary. He came out red hot. But he, uh, 
alas, he got injured. He is still injured to this day. He will return to his Angels soon, but what a blow, what a blow. But the Angels have So when he says like he's just now figuring things out, is this like when the... When Patrick Mahomes, uh, I think I go into this season or the season before, he's like, hey, I just now uh, I've just now learned to properly read defenses uh, as a quarterback in the NFL. Is this is this Mike Trout saying like, hey, I'm just now I'm just now figuring out how to be like a well-rounded major league baseball player? Is that that kind of like the context he's talking about figuring it out? He's talking about his swing specifically. And again, Best player in baseball, but he's just now talking about, uh, you know, figuring out his swing. Uh, man. So it was set up for goodness. I mean, again, he's injured. So we unfortunately will never get to see uh, the results of what could have been an incredible year. We're talking maybe 60 plus home runs and, you know, he might have won the triple crown. But hey, he could just always do that next year. But. It is not too bad for the LA Angels because they have on their team arguably the most exciting player in baseball, and he is one of two people that I'm going to highlight in this recap episode. That is Shohei Otani, or shall I say Brohei Otani. He is a bro, (laughs) and that is what he's doing because... Ladies and gentlemen, this guy has been doing things that have not been done in over a hundred years. He is he is the Japanese Babe Ruth. In late April of this year, he became the first player in over 100 years since Babe Ruth to pitch and lead the MLB in home runs. He'd earlier that same month in April, he became the first player in Major League history to throw a ball 100 miles an hour and then hit a 400-foot uh, home run in the same game. And in that same month, he became the first starting pitcher since 1903, over 100 years, to bat second in the lineup. And then he, in that same game, he hit a 451 foot bomb. I mean, earlier this year, he became the first player in MLB history with 21 home runs and 70 strikeouts as a pitcher. He is also, as of now, the first MLB player in history to play in the All-Star game as both a pitcher and a position player. And that's just scratching the surface as to first to do this, first to do that. I mean, this guy is it. I mean, he is putting baseball back on the map. He's smiling. He's hitting bombs. He's crushing, you know, on the mound. I mean, this guy is, he's the real deal. And and he is finally being allowed to do what he said he wanted to do when the Angels picked him up. He said, "I want to pitch and bat." Period. I want to do though. I want to pitch and bat in the same game. And at first, they didn't let him do it, but now they are letting him do it, and it is to the enjoyment of everybody. And it's for the betterment of the angels and it's for the betterment of the fans you get to see him do crazy stuff like this and on top of all that he's also really fast (laughs) i mean what can i say about this guy he's got a 271 batting average 31 bombs oh man he's also uh, participating in the home run derby so that'll be fun um 67 rbis 12 stolen bases 695 slugging and a one Point oh five eight OPS. I mean, dang, dang, dang. It's, uh, <laughs> I mean, then that's just on the 
offensive side of the plate. I mean, we just we just conveniently forget that this guy goes up and he's a pitcher as well. I mean, this guy is wrecking shop when it comes to pitching. I mean, this guy this guy's exciting. I mean, I mean, Trav, what do you have to say about Brohe Otani? <laughs> yeah, he's absolutely uh, like just a fiery player. Um, that incredibly fun to watch. Has a lot of personality. Like you can tell, like he, he like in his expressions, he's like, yeah, I know I'm as good as uh, as I'm playing out here right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, he's kind of he's got kind of some of the when he's on the mound from the, the appearances I've seen him make pitching, he uh, he definitely kind of like has a little bit more, I don't know if I'd say nervous energy, but just kind of like almost overpowering energy that he has to work uh, through oftentimes early in games and kind of dial in uh, his strike zone and his, uh, his pitching arsenal uh, up front. But it's the it is really the total package of what he does um, on the dish and then on the mound uh, that makes him the elite player that he is and just such a fascinating player to watch. And yeah, when you like the story that it has become for Major League Baseball to have him as part of the sport right now, there's nothing but positive things to say about Shohei Otani and what he's contributing to both the Angels organization and the sport as a whole. So he's a yeah, we know we've talked about this uh, presumably around this time next month when the uh, the Rangers are going to be here, uh, when when the Angels are going to be here in town playing the Rangers. Uh, Mike Trout looks like he's nearing his uh, the end of his rehab uh, soon, and so I think it'd be really cool to get out there to the ballpark and catch both those guys there. Like I'm, I'm ready to like in person see. Uh, see Shohei Otani just hit an absolute dinger inside of. Uh, <laughs> Inside of Globe Life Field, like I just it gets there's a, mm-hmm. like it's the, the the kind of home runs that he hits, like he almost has kind of like some of those like Prince Fielder esque type of like home runs of just like absolute power, like the swing of the bat, like kind of like almost up and across uh, himself and just absolutely launching the ball outside of uh, outside the park, and I, I'm ready to see that in person. I think it's like it's like what I've seen with him it's like i don't think i've seen a quicker like turn and like reaction of like the crowd they're just like absolutely losing it after the ball like leaves uh, leaves the bat there like it's a he is probably like the pitcher like it's like you absolutely like can tell quicker than and the one player like quicker than any other that like whether it's uh it's a no doubter or not when that uh when the ball uh goes off his bat like shohei otani is just absolutely ridiculous and he uh, he deserves all the recognition and accolades that he's probably going to get for what he's doing right now. Oh yeah, he lives out no doubters every every week. It's uh, we've only given him uh, no doubter of the week once so far, and uh, we probably will give him no doubter of the week many more times moving forward because that's all he hits. All he hits are no doubters. So uh, that wraps it up in the American League. A lot of fun to be had there. We're now moving on to the Pierce League, the league in which pitchers bat, and they keep doing it because this is how we've done it. 
for Edge of the Big Daddy of Time. And, <laughs> and that's just how they roll. And then we start over on the side of the of the world where the sun rises, and that is the NL East. And right now, it is the New York Mets from Queens, a top four game lead over the Nationals. Very, very tight division, I might add, with the Braves and the Phillies four and a half games behind as of this recording. And when you talk about the Mets, that brings me to my second and final individual player profile that bringing up for this recap episode, and that is Jacob deGrom, two-time Cy Young winner. I mean, the whole talk this first half of the season is the fact that he is destroying people on the mound. Earlier this month, he broke Bob Gibson one of the greatest pitchers of all time from the Cardinals. He broke his record with 12 strike starts, allowing one or fewer runs. In April, he broke an MLB record for most strikeouts in a pitcher's first four starts with 50. He is the best pitcher in baseball, period, end of story. He's been getting better and better with each passing year. He is now 33 years of age, but hey, it's all like fine wine. As of now, he has a .95 ERA, 136 strikeouts, a very impressive .541 whip. I mean, I could keep talking. If you have a whip under one, you're good. It's .541. I mean, that's re- insane. 14.4 strikeouts per nine innings and a 12.36 strikeout per walk ratio. I mean, it, it, for the longest time, his ERA was like .5 something. I mean, he's starting to come down to earth a little bit because he has a few injuries uh, that he's been dealing with. But, I mean, even then, I mean, this guy... He's, I mean, the Mets fans, they just got to love this guy. And I, I, he's a sight to witness. Uh, I mean, he's the best. I mean, he is a clear favorite for the Cy Young and maybe even the MVP. And it's always exciting when pitchers win MVPs because it rarely happens. But the Degrominator is the Degrominator, and he's going to Degrom Nom Nom on everybody he sees. <laughs> so, uh, it is a tight division still overall. Um, the Mets are last in the NL East and run scored. That means the only thing holding them is the fact that they are the fewest runs allowed, and that's their pitching, thanks to the likes of Marcus Stroman, Noah Syndergaard, and Jacob deGrom. Uh, you got the Nats coming up and the Braves. They're just chopping at the bit. They're all within striking distance, including the Phillies. So, super, super tight division. It is probably the tightest division in baseball because you have four teams that are all there, aside from the, and that does not count the Marlins because I think they're pretty much out. They're nine games back. So, super, super tight. Anything can happen. It's baseball. So, um, that wraps it up. And the NL East, moving on to the NL Central, it's all about the Brew Crew, baby. They are leading the NL Central with a six-game lead, 51-35. and 35. Uh, When it comes to this, they picked up Willie Adamas, and he is wrecking shop. Um, he came over from the Tampa Bay Rays. You got Yelich back, baby. You got their pitching staff doing phenomenal. Um, Brew Crew, baby. That's all I got to say about them. They are wrapping it up the reds are six games back and while the reds have some pretty hot shot players um 
so far, Brew Crew uh, threw me through, and just uh, uh, you know, not not gonna focus too much on. Um, you know the specifics there, but just you know, NL Central is all about the Brew Crew, and that brings us to the last division, which is the NL West. Before the season came around, it's all about the NL West. That's all everybody was talking about. It was Dodgers, Padres, Dodgers, Padres, Dodgers, Padres, and in their respects, it was a lot to be said. They every time they faced each other, it's been like a playoff atmosphere. But there was one team that decided to throw their hat in the ring and mess everything up. Yes, that's right. I'm talking about the San Francisco Giants. They are by far the team that has surprised everybody. They are literally coming out of nowhere. They're just like, we're all of a sudden going to decide that we're the best team in baseball. (laughs) And, you know, you look at their track record. 2018. They finished fourth in the division with a losing record. In 2019, they finished third in the division with a losing record. And in 2020, they finished third with another losing record. So it's losing records, sub-500 records for three straight seasons. And you're just like, whatever. Um, Everyone's writing them off. As of this recording, they are leading the NL West. By half a game with 53-31. and 31. And, You know, they are coming out and they're just like, you know, we're just going to put all the, you know, all the all the cards together. Everything, the stars are going to align. They are leading the NL and Team OPS with 758. They're leading the NL and Slugging with 433. And they're leading the MLB, the whole MLB in bombs with 126. They got it happening on both sides of the plate. Buster Posey, baby. Can I hear that? Buster Posey, yes, the guy who's been around for a long time. He's an all-star this year, guys. He's coming out and he is crushing with a 328 batting average, a 968 OPS, 12 homers, 547 slugging, and 421 on-base percentage. He opted out last year in COVID, um, after a down year in 2019, but he's coming back. He's like, I'm your catcher, baby, and I'm here to stay. And then you got the likes of Brandon Crawford coming out there, shortstop, doing well. He's got 17 bombs, 879 OPS, 533 slugging, and 52 RBIs. Those two, they are carrying the team on their back offensively. And then pitching, the, the pitching is there to stay. Um, they are third in MLB in opposing batting average with 218. They're leading MLB in team whip 1.1. And they are second in MLB in the ERA with 3.26. So you got to have pitching and you got to have offense. Their pitching is solid. You've got Kevin Gossman with a 174 ERA and a .801 whip. you got Anthony Discout. Descafani, which I completely botched his name, but it's okay. <laughs> 2.81 ERA and a 1.02 whip. And then the rest of their starters, Alex Wood, Logan Webb, Johnny Cueto, have sub-4 ERAs and sub-1.3 whips. So the point that I'm trying to make is that the entire team 
is doing things right. They have the fewest runs allowed in the NL West, and they are second in run score behind the Dodgers, but it is a team effort. San Fran, baby. They decided to come in and wreck everything. And it's honestly more exciting when it's not just one team or two team. NL West, super, super tight. I mean, I love it when things are tight, Trav. It just makes it more exciting, but... Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, (laughs) it is fun as the season progresses when you see a division like that with three teams, uh, each kind of individually different storylines going on with each, um, but playing all very high levels of baseball and knowing that it's going to be a run to the end to shake out that standing and that you're looking at uh, a division winner with a very strong possibility of uh, of um, going through the playoffs into the World Series, and then uh, two teams, the two teams potentially both very strong possibility getting the wild card spots for the year. Like it's uh, it if you're a if you're an NL West fan, uh, there's a lot of fun baseball to be uh, to be out and watched on the coast right now. So. It's, yeah, it's a fun division for sure. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, you got these tight divisions and it's for the best. So, um, anything can happen. So, that kind of, that kind of wraps up the lay, the layout of the land. Um, kind of want to cap off the first half of the season recap by naming the all stars. I'm only going to name the starters, uh, for the American and National League. And the American League got catcher Salvador Perez of the Kansas City Royals, first base Vlad Guerrero Jr. of the Blue Jays, second base Marcus Simeon of the Blue Jays, super, super hot team right there, offensive powerhouse. At third base, you got Rafael Devers of the Red Sox, shortstop. He got Xander Bogarts of the Red Sox. So that whole infield is just Blue Days, Red Sox, AL East. In the outfield, you got Mike Trout. Uh, I don't think people should have voted for him because he cannot play. But alas, he was voted as a starter. But I mean, if he were healthy this whole time, he would have, just, you know, he would have had the numbers to back it up. But alas, he is a starter. Um, they'll probably put in another reserve in for his in his place. But on the flip side, you have Aaron Judge of the Yankees as another starting outfielder, and Teoscar Hernandez of the Blue Jays, and that brings up. The designated hitter, everybody knows who it's going to be, Shohei Otani, who is hitting and pitching, by the way. He's named as a starting pitcher. I cannot wait to start the All-Star game, which, again, as of this recording coming out, it is on the day of the All-Star game. So you guys watch later tonight. It's going to be a sight to witness. You're going to watch history. You're going to see Otani pitch and hit in the same game, and it's going to be so, so much fun. And... Other notable pitchers, you got Garrett Cole of the New York Yankees, Lance Lynn of the uh, Chicago White Sox, on top of Carlos Rodon, and then Kyle Gibson. Shout out to the Texas Rangers. Um, They're one of three All-Stars. And then you also have Shane Bieber. So 
lot of lot of star power there. Um, I'll go ahead and mention that Adalas Garcia and Joey Gallo are some of the reserves. So, you know, Ranger Nation, they're last in the AL West, but they still are repping. So, yep. Uh, yep. Going over to the NL starters, a catcher, you got Buster Posey. First base, you got Freddie Freeman of the Braves. Second base, you got Adam Frazier of the Pittsburgh Pirates. It's glad to see them have a star power because they are just not doing that hot. They got they get to root for somebody. Third base, you got Nolan Arenado of the St. Louis Cardinals going away from the Colorado Rockies. Shortstop, who else is it going to be? Fernando Tatis Jr., arguably the face of baseball. In the outfield, you got Ronald Acuna Jr. of the Braves. And then, to cap it off, you got two members of the Cincinnati Reds, Nick Castellanos and Jesse Winkler. Oh, man. Star-studded lineup for sure. And then on the pitching side, you got... Who else? Jacob DeGrom, Hugh Darvish, Brandon Woodruff of the Brewers on top of Corbin Burns. Again, that's going back to the Brew Crew and the fact they're doing it on both sides of the plate. And then Zach Wheeler of the Philadelphia Phillies. Didn't name them all, but just wanted to name some notables. So here we are. We've come over here to first half. Baseball's alive and well. It's so much fun to watch. I love it. I love it. I love it. But we have, we, it seems like it's been so long, but we have a whole other, another half to play. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint, not like last year. So this brings us to our second half of the season predictions. And, you know, Trav, if we had this podcast started a while ago, it would have been fun to do preseason predictions. My guess is that some of them would have been way, way off <laughs> because it's the preseason. You know, you can't really, it's hard to say anything, but we are coming out for the first time on no doubt or giving predictions. We have an entire half of the season to go off of. So let's just jump into it. Let's just kind of take it piece by piece and, Let's give our official predictions from Barrett Boombostic and Travis Lawley, and we'll just have a running bet who will be correct. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, should, should we spoil it? Should, should I say where the similarities are here? No, no, no. Or should no. Um, no, 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 no. Yeah, we'll just, we'll just take it one at a time, and then... And we will magically unfold it. So, um, starting in the AL East, Trav, who do you have winning the AL East this year? I'm going with the Red Sox. I think (laughs) think that they've got the momentum uh, going right now. And bringing guys back like Chris Sale. And I think how that team is just going to continue to gel. Um, As as the second half of the season progresses, I think they're going to, they're going to hold uh, that lead in their division and, uh, and take the regular season title into, uh, into the pennant race. Oh my gosh. The Red Sox. You're hopping on the fact that they are hot as of recent, uh, AL East is a tight division. Don't blame you for picking the Red Sox. I did not pick the Red Sox. That's going to upset our Red Sox fans. You know who you are out there. It's going to upset them, but I would like to say that it's not without merit. Again, they Chris Sale can't come here fast enough. 
They are allowing a lot of runs. They're also scoring a lot, but bats get cold, bats get hot. And the Rays' bats were hot for a while, but now they're cold. The Red Sox bats are hot as of recent, but they might inevitably cool cool down. They can't stay hot forever. Um, I'm going with the Tampa Bay Rays, and everyone's going to hate me for doing it, but that team is so massively overperformers. They embrace Moneyball like it's nobody's business. Uh, you got to read the extra 2%, that book that talks about the Rays. If you guys want to hear about the ins and outs of them, I believe in that organization. They just have excellent re- leader- leadership. Um, they are forward-thinking, and Glass now is out for two months, but if they can get him back, that might just be the tide that pushes them over the edge. I think they're barely going to eke it out. So, <laughs> raise Red Sox. We'll see what happens. <laughs> it's you know, it's just it's just fun to have a difference there. So, but yeah, um, AL Central, Trav, who you got? I got the White Sox. Yeah, I got the White Sox too. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we kind of explained where uh, the uh, talking about them earlier. Like, I think it kind of explains itself as to why uh, both of us chosen a uh, that that's not the strongest division uh, by any stretch in uh, in the uh, in the American League. I mean, it's definitely it's the weakest kind of when you look at the uh, the stats and how the season has unfolded to this point right now. Uh, but I think the the White Sox are going to ride kind of the youth high into uh, in, into the second half of the season, and uh, I don't think there's I don't really see a challenge coming from the uh, uh, the Indians or the Tigers, uh, and like especially not the Twins or the Royals to this point. I mean, when you look at the Indians right now on a seven game losing streak, uh, and even as the White Sox are kind of battling through some injuries right now with some key names like Nick Nick Madrigal, who's been, had a great season for them up until he went on the injured list. Um, there's still a lot to like about that team. So I've got them, uh, I've got them winning the, the division. Exactly, man. It's all about the, it's all about, it's all about White Sox nation. This is their year. So, uh, we got them on top of the AL central, um, Trav, who you got in the AL West. Reluctantly, uh, I've got your Strohs, uh, <laughs> uh, with the, okay. uh, the division title. <laughs> Uh, you would say reluctantly, just to to just to put give a jab. Uh, I too have the Astros winning the AL West again. You know, it's been Astros A's, Astros A's, but you know, Astros are locking it in, and who knows, might very well be wrong. The A's are not a team to be messed with, but um, Stro Nation, best offense in baseball. Excuse me. Stro Nation, best offense in baseball. I mean, you can't you can't argue with that. And their pitching is pretty rock solid. So Stro Astros, baby, AL West champs. Uh, now, of course, those are the division champs. That brings us to Wildcard Trav. Who's gonna make it in the AL wildcard? So it's gonna be I have it as the Rays going up against the Mariners, actually, right now. <laughs> this is just this is the wild card within the wild card. I just uh I'm playing fun on this one here and uh thinking that the Mariners are gonna snap their uh their their twenty year uh streak of missing the playoffs. Uh and 
on top of that, get their first wildcard berth since the year 2000. So, uh, Mariners and Rays will uh, will go at each other in the uh, wild card, and the uh, the Rays will end up winning that. Oh man, <laughs> the Mariners. Um, that's a long shot. Um, you know, I'm I'm not gonna lie. They're seven games back right now, um, behind the Astros. Um, four and a half behind the the A's. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. They have a nine negative forty two run differential. I don't know, but I mean, if, if you want to do that, you want to do that. <laughs> don't don't blame me for the Rays because the Rays are the Rays. Uh, you know, I have the Red Sox. Of course, you know I gave them some disrespect in the AL East, but they at least made the wild card, and it's them versus the A's, the Athletics, because. I mean, the Athletics, I think they're just too strong. Um, I just don't foresee the Mariners overtaking them for that wild card spot. But who knows? We'll see. And then I have the Red Sox advancing. So they'll get in there. It's just in the wild card. So there you go. A few similarities, a few differences. We will see. Um, That brings us down to individual awards for the AL. Trav, who's your AL MVP, baby? Yeah, AL MVP is got to be Shohei Otani. I, yeah. I don't think there's uh, there's any other choice in the American League this there, year. There is no other choice. And to prove that, I'm going to reference a tweet that my man J.J. Watt made. J.J. Watt made a tweet, and he says, quote... A, a, leading, a leading authority on all Major League Baseball matters. Yes, J.J. Watt of the Arizona Cardinals. He says, quote... Serious question. What argument could be could you make for any other player over Shohei Otani for MVP? The guy literally dominates at the plate and on the mound. Not a single other player even attempts that, much less succeeds at it. He's the definition of most valuable. I mean, you can't argue with JJ. I mean, that I mean, seriously. I mean, if if Shohei Otani keeps a sub 3 ERA and just continues on his basic offensive trajectory, He's the MVP. I mean, it's, I mean, come on. <laughs> it's, I mean, I'm putting a lot of money on that guy. So, Otani, baby. And it's going to be really awesome to see him win. So, uh, that brings us to the Cy Young. Who have you got, T-Money? AL Cy Young for, uh, for, for me this year is going to have to be Garrett Cole. When you look at uh, just how the Yankees have been this year, uh, 3.6 wins after replacement for Garrett Cole so far through this year, 2.91 ERA, uh, eight wins, four losses on the mound um, for for a team that just has struggled and has not had like much star power and much of anything to, to be excited about. Uh, Garrett Cole is a bright spot uh, for the Yanks. So uh, I, I have to I have to hand it to his performance this year, and I think uh, he will ultimately be the Cy Young. Oh yeah, Garrett Cole, former Houston Astros man, it was so cool. It's so it was so much fun to have him on the Astros, but alas, he just really wanted to shave his beard and go on to bigger and better things and play for the Evil Empire. Um, I too agree that it's going to be his year, and I simply agree with that because Glass now in his you know two month IL, you know not hopefully not seizing ending injury glass now was really making a run for the Cy Young as of earlier. Um, but of course he had that injury and 
simply because he's going to miss two months. I think it's Coles uh, for the win. Although it would have been cool to see both of them duke it out, but I think Cole's the clear favorite. So, um, yeah. I correct myself too from what I just said a second ago. It is wins above replacement. That is not wins after replacement. Sorry, it is getting late in the evening. So <laughs> I am uh, I'm tripping over my words just a little. Oh uh, yeah, hey, it's all good, man. Um, this AL Rookie of the Year. Who you got, Team Money? Adios, Olis. <laughs> Adolis Garcia of uh, of my Texas Rangers. Uh, that man has just been an absolute monster at the plate. He's kind of a uh, a a later bloomer, so to speak, here in his career at this point. Now, uh, some folks have kind of uh, compared him to Nelly Cruz in that aspect. Uh, but he's also incredibly athletic, uh, makes some great plays uh, with fielding as well. Has a great eye for the ball when he's out there. Uh, just. You you look at uh, you look at what he has done so far, and uh, I am uh, I'm just super stoked to be a fan of the Rangers for uh, <laughs> for being able to see him play and have him uh, have him on our team. Yep, and I completely agree with you. I too have Adolis Garcia to be picked. I just think his numbers speak for themselves. Um, the guy is having a phenomenal rookie season. So uh, I'm not only rooting for him, but I also think he will win if he continues on his trajectory. So um, Ranger Nation, baby, you have Adolis Garcia to root for. I mean, just put your hopes, all your cash, and all your hopes in him. So he's going to take you to the promised land. So that wraps it up for the AL. We'll review our World Series champ picks at the at the end, but now it brings us to the NL East. Trav, who you got winning that division? I have the New York Mets continuing to hold on <laughs> to their lead uh, in that division. I think the, uh, the there's not a, a, the power with the bats uh, is not exactly there. Like they hold the, uh, the lowest uh, run scored among all teams in the National League to this point in the season, but the runs allowed uh, is just absolutely stout. And, you know, we've talked about DeGrom, we've talked about the, uh, the rest of the star pitcher, uh, star power uh, among pitching that they have up there on the mound. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, I think Long Island is going to continue to hold their ground um, uh, throughout the rest of, uh, of the season. And I, uh, as tight as it is behind there, I just, I don't see, I don't have a gut feel of uh, even with teams like the Nationals, the the Phillies, and the Braves. Of especially when you look at the the kind of like the last ten and kind of recent performance of of these teams of seeing any one team kind of going on a run. I just feel like unfortunately it's going to be kind of vanilla of uh, this Mets team just continuing to hold their ground and finishing somewhere probably between like a. Uh, 5-3-0 and a, a five, uh, 550 winning percentage, um, but ultimately taking the division. Exactly. Man, you know, I, I don't blame you for, for picking the Mets. I mean, they've maintained the lead the entire time, basically. Um, but I'm going to throw a curveball at everybody. I'm going to make things some fun. Uh, as it currently stands, you have the Nationals, Braves, and Phillies all within striking distance, less than five games back. And I'm going to make things fun. I'm going to come out and I'm going to say that the Atlanta Braves are going to win the division. <laughs> They're going to come out of the woodwork and claim it. Yes. Okay, I got it. So... <laughs> 
I'm just comparing Steph right now. Like you, <laughs> you made fun of me for 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 suggesting that the Mariners could possibly uh, make. They're just even only being like several games behind ultimately the uh, the A's to get into that wild card position. But you're making fun of <laughs> a team that's just barely. You're you're, you're picking a team that's just barely 500, uh, barely over 500 at home. Uh, <laughs> barely under 500 away. Like once again, kind of things cancel themselves out there. Just kind of middle of the road in terms of runs scored and runs allowed uh, within the the National League. Uh, but I, you know what? <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll see. You you said basically the same thing for me when it comes to uh, to how I viewed the uh, viewed things in the the AL West with the the Mariners potentially being a contender. And hey, the, uh, the the Braves are plus five and run differential right now, so may, maybe there's something to say about this. We'll we'll see. Maybe we'll see. They have the most runs scored in the National League. They have a hot offense, thanks to Freddie Freeman and Ronald Acuna, just to mention a few. They give up a lot of runs, but I'm just, I just it's a gut feeling. They can turn it around. They're within striking distance, and a lot of things can happen. So, uh, Braves Nation, baby, I'm sticking with it. It's too late to turn back now. So, <laughs> they're going to win the division. Mark my words, and I will laugh when they do. But if they don't, you know, it is what it is. So, yeah, I, ha- I had to I, ha- I had to do it. I had to do it. I, sorry, Mets. Uh, sorry, Met- Mets Nation out there. Yeah, so. we, we have to when we're doing predictions like this. We have to have fun with it at, at some point here. Like, you know, we've stuck to being very objective about this and really kind of looking at like the data and team performance and like what we've seen with our, with our eyes and everything. But we, we have to, we have to reach out there. Like I, I had to kind of reach a bit with the Mariners. You had to kind of reach a bit with the, with the Braves. So it, it all, uh, it's, it's all for the love of baseball. I know exactly. So, uh, that brings us over to the NL central Trav, Who you got? The Brew Crew. Mm-hmm. I had the Brew Crew, too. Sorry, you know. Uh, sorry, sorry, Reds. Sorry, Cubs. It's the Brew Crew. Um, I think the Red, the Reds are on the up and up as an organization again. Uh, but I think the, 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 the Brewers just have the hot hand, really, going to the second half of the year. Yeah. They really do. They got the they got the depth. So um, that now that brings us to the final division, the super super tight division, the NL West. Trav, who do you have winning? I'm gonna have the Dodgers um, for the the the, the di- differentiating factor. And this might seem superficial, but just keeping it at the most base level possible. Uh, it is a it is an odd number year, and historically. The, the the it is not the Giants' year on the odd number years. Uh, ah. You think back to those 20, 2010, 2012, 2014 seasons, just absolute domination yeah. by the Giants. But I think the Dodgers are going to uh, continue to ride their high that they have off of uh, their their obviously abbreviated World Series title um, from last season. But I think mm-hmm. you know that uh, you know that the ballparks are back to full capacity including the west coast now uh the dodgers are gonna keep filling up uh filling up the stadium there along the ravine and uh uh they're gonna they're gonna cheer their team on uh to the title and i think they've just got a lot of talent and a lot of returning star power that's going to continue to keep them uh that is going to be the uh keep them up there in contention but ultimately kind of lift them over the top yeah the dodgers are the best team on paper in all of baseball 
and I just think they're just too deep to lose to the Giants. It's going to be close. They're currently a half a game behind, uh, so definitely in striking distance, but I think they will ultimately... Um, you know, be victorious to that division. It may it might be barely, but Dodgers uh, Nation. That's just that's just uh, that's just what we're sticking with. So you and I are in agreement. So that brings us to wild card. Who you got, Tree Money? Got the Giants and the Padres. And uh, Owens, baby. And, yep, and the Padres. will uh, I think that ultimately the youth movement uh, is going to carry them over the top, and the Padres are going to continue this. Uh, this incredible year that they've had with a uh, with a win in the NL wild card. Yep, um, I got the Padres winning two against the Giants. I just think in a one game series, uh, I think that the Padres are just too stacked against the Giants in a one game series. Now, if it were Giants versus Padres in a series best of five, for instance, that would be a different story. But you break it down to one game, do or die. And, you know, Padres can put it all out there. And so, uh, again, NL West is just super, super stacked. And it's just going to be it's going to be crazy to see that. So um, that brings us to our individual awards for the uh, National League. Uh, Trav, who you got winning NL MVP? None other than Jacob DeGrom. Oh, <laughs> Of course. Yeah, it's the yeah. when you look at how pitching truly has had to carry that team this year, and just you, there's not really the star power in the lineup on the dish for them. Uh, Jacob Degrom's arsenal of pitches, uh, they, the stats completely speak for themselves. We've talked about. I think like one thing we we didn't address, but I saw a tweet about this is like Degrom is about potentially like break a record. I think for like the lowest ERA of a. Uh, uh, of a of a pitcher going into um into the uh, the all star game, I mean, just absolute monster uh, that he is, and so he absolutely uh, deserves the title of MVP in the National League. Oh yeah, if he can just if he can keep it up, you know, keep those numbers just crazy, crazy good then, you know, you got to hand it to him. Um, if he really, really comes down to earth, then you could argue that uh, Fernando Tatis has got some great offensive numbers to justify the MVP. But, I mean, his numbers so are so historic that even, you know, he would have to really, really let himself go to be out of contention. So I, too, have chosen Jacob deGrom as our MVP. And you and I, we, we don't even have to say it. I mean, he's going to win this, the Cy Young. I mean, by extension so <laughs> um you know you know you picked him i picked him so um it's Degrom, baby but that brings us down to our rookie of the year trav who you got winning that i think it's going to be dylan carlson from uh from st louis cardinals uh you know the cards have struggled the dish with having uh the sort of firepower that they've had um in recent years but he's been outstanding uh, a switch hitter having a phenomenal rookie campaign uh you know and he, and he started his career technically uh come the second half of that abbreviated s- season i didn't get started in the abbreviated season last year but i think it came in this year to full eligibility uh for rookie of the year and dylan carlson uh just like he's like a quarter of the time that he's uh, he's at bat 
he's gotten uh, he's gotten hits, and then half of those hits uh, turn into runs. Uh, you know, there's not much of a uh, of a wins above replacement at this point when you consider uh, his short career that he's had to this point now, and kind of where the the team sits in the standings, uh, and kind of like how he is like one of those few areas of power that they've had to this point. Uh, but Dylan, uh, Dylan Carlson has done a great job this year. And I think, uh, you know, the, 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 the card's name definitely carries weight as well when it comes to evaluating his performance and the significance that he has. Yeah. Okay. The full thing came, the stats came back up again. So 1.3 wins above a replacement, uh, uh, season 305 at bats, 78 uh, hits, seven home runs, 256 batting average, uh, yeah, 43 runs, 31 RPI, 342 OBP, uh, nearly a 0.400 slugging percentage, uh, 735 OPS, uh, just pretty dang good stats for for a rookie um and bringing bringing some uh bringing some excitement right now to a franchise that that is struggling and looking for some hope in a normally like franchise that is used to being dominant and being right there in the conversation for their division every year so dylan carlson's my pick there you go dylan carlson uh, the st louis cardinals for the win um i i gotta i gotta do it I got to shake things up. I'm going to pick Jazz Chisholm Jr., the second baseman of the Miami Marlins. And it is not without good reason. Jazz Chisholm has a better OPS and a slugging percentage than Dylan Carlson. Dylan Carlson has a better on-base percentage, and their batting averages are pretty similar. So we'll see. I mean... But I'm going to go with my man, J-Money, a.k.a. J.C., a.k.a. Jazz Chisholm. So uh, it's going to be tight, but I'm sticking with it. Too late to turn back now. So um, I'm riding the Jazz train. (laughs) So, all right. It's come down to this, our final prediction. Trav, in the year 2021, who is going to win it all? It's going to be the Cinderella of a big name within the sport of baseball. Uh, it's going to be the Red Sox. They're just going to continue ah. the uh, the high, and every like all the pieces are just going to come together at the right time. Uh, they'll continue to refine their game, and uh, yeah, I think I think it'll be a, a Red Sox Dodgers final. Um, but uh, but the uh, the Red Sox ultimately uh, take the uh, the championship title this year. Man, a rematch of the 2018 World Series, and this time you think the Red Sox will triumph once again. Uh, The Red Sox, uh, they might very well do it. They might just, you know, prove all the haters wrong with all the disrespect. So we will see. And as far as my World Series champ pick goes, um, back before the podcast launched, I made a post on my personal Facebook page. Uh, it was on opening day, and I said, yay, opening day, and my hashtag was hashtag Dodgers and Six. And that was my preseason prediction of World Series, that the Dodgers would win it in six games. Um, that was based on how I knew it at the time, uh, the Dodgers' best team on paper. Um, here we are, and that prediction has changed slightly. And Trav, 
I like to pride myself on my my level of objectivity, and I like to pride myself on the fact that, you know, I try and most of the time succeed with not being too biased. You know, earlier in this year, we released an episode in which I came down on the Houston Astros, and I condemned yes, their, I condemned their cheating scandal. Uh, I even went so far as to say that the 2017 World Series championship is illegitimate, which is quite a concession, I will add. So, uh, you know, I'm not one of those people who just goes out and just say, stro, stro, stros, you know. I mean, I try my best. You know, I look at the numbers, and I, and I see where it is. I call it like I see it. So, you know, it's all in the interest of objectivity that I say that the Houston Astros are going to be your 2021 World Series champions. That's right. I'm doing it. I'm coming out. <laughs> I'm too late to and turn back. They will, they will redeem absolutely nobody uh, in the... Uh, <laughs> In the uh, in the baseball uh, in the major league uh, baseball fan base beyond uh, beyond Astros fans themselves like that yes <laughs> it is the selfish pick but again best offense in baseball best run differential their pitching's good so they're gonna do it I'm calling it everybody can make fun of me only until they actually win and it will be the first clean world series championship so there you have it will it be the red Sox? will it be the astros will it be some other team like maybe the dodgers or the padres who knows this is why we play the game this is why we play the game Man, so you know, coming up at the end of this this episode, we now have our mailbag. This is a very very exciting segment. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. Trav, why don't you kick us off with the mailbag questions? Absolutely. And Barish, I talk about why our mailbag is significant, what what it's connected to as part of our benefits, uh, kind of like how you can be more involved with the show that way. Should we should we, we dive in a little bit more of like why we do the mailbag? We should we we absolutely should, man. Go for it. Yeah. So our mailbag is part of our Patreon community. So let's go ahead and just talk about before we dive into the mailbag fully, our uh, our Patreon community as well. If you visit patreon.com slash no doubter, we've created this community uh as just that, a community. This is where we want uh as we grow this thing, as we we bring more people along for the ride of no doubter, uh, where we invite people into uh into this space here to be more closer connected to the programming and really shape uh, what we do with this show moving forward, uh, how we talk about things, uh, new things that we research, uh, just ultimately how we grow it and we turn it into something really big and something really special someday. So with that, we've got uh, our Patreon community has four different membership levels. Uh, We've got the prospect level the rookie level, the veteran, and then the legend. So the pros, when you're a prospect, that is just for $5 a month when you join the community, uh, you uh, you get the following benefits for doing so. You get a, a, a shout out as a patron uh, during each episode. Uh, so we will, with everybody who's a patron, like this this base level on up, uh, you are included in a shout out of uh, at the end of the episode for supporting this program and being part of it with us. So uh, we'll give you that. We'll uh, we'll also that also uh, 
allows you to submit episode requests. So again, uh, helps us shape the content that we provide here through this program and gets you access to the mailbag, which we're about to uh, about to dive into here in a second. So when you are a uh, when you're a prospect, you get those three benefits, and that is just five bucks a month. Jumping up to the rookie level, that then uh, that then ups to ten bucks a month to join, and includes everything that I just said in that previous tier: the uh, the shout out as a patron, the episode request submission, and the priority uh, receiving priority inquiry for uh, our mailbag. But you also uh, receive priority submission of episode requests. So, like when you are at that rookie level, uh, like your your requests obviously still come in with the prospects. Uh, but we give priority to uh, what you um, what you request, what you submit to us. Uh, so we move yours further up the bag, up the queue uh, that we take a look at. Uh, we also will send you a personal thank you message uh, from from Boom and I to, uh, uh, to say thank you for joining the community and being part of the journey with us. Um, and then after that comes the veteran level where we really start to up the ante a bit more. Uh, so that's $25 a month when you join the veteran level of our Patreon community. And that once again includes everything from the previous two tiers, but things that are special to this tier is the opportunity to be interviewed on our program right here on the daughter. Um, and also, uh, the, uh, so through that, it basically means we'll be in touch with the, you get in touch with us. If kind of like give us a briefing of a cool story, kind of like an, an angle of the game of baseball that is unique that you would love to share, uh, here with the, with the no doubter community. Um, and we'll, uh, we'll consider it. And ultimately if we deem it a good fit for, uh, for the program, then, uh, then we will go ahead and get that, uh, get that scheduled and get that, uh, get that inner queue of, uh, of programming to add for the future. And with this level two, we offer you a no doubter mug that we have with our merch store right now that we just recently released. Uh, so you get to show that off, uh, Show that off at home uh, when you've got visitors around. If you're having a nice cup of Joe, you uh, can uh, you got a nice mug there. Uh, they're holding it that has the uh, has the No Doubter logo on it, and you're kind of giving some uh, some free advertisement for the uh, for the program, so to speak. When you're uh, just around home, or you just kind of you're just by yourself, you're reminded about the uh, about the No Doubter programming or community that you have here, and give that to you as a, as a thank you for being part of that tier and the legend tier, the top tier, uh, is $50 a month. And this is really where we kind of swing the gates wide open and give you a lot of stuff at this tier. So everything that is included in the prior three tiers, I talked about the prospect, the rookie and the veteran tiers. But when you're a legend, you are, uh, you're then top priority for being interviewed on No Doubter. So once again, we will uh, we'll, uh, we'll be in touch with you about uh, potential storylines of what you could bring here to the program. And uh, should we deem that appropriate here for the show, uh, you then are moved up in the queue for, uh, for folks who so will then begin planning an interview uh, with you to be as part of one of our episodes. Uh, you receive top pr- uh, priority submission of episode requests personalized shout outs on Instagram and Facebook. Um, so that will really help us kind of develop more of these visual social media platforms, uh, like those, um, as, uh, as we get those going, uh, we'll have, uh, your name featured at the end 
of the show as a Patreon producer. Uh, so not, so you get the patron shout out, but then the producer, uh, being featured as a name at the end there. So being tied in with our program that way. And we will mail a apparel item of choice directly to you. Um, these are all kind of our initial benefits that we've created right now for the, uh, for these pay for this Patreon community to start. Uh, we will surely have more that comes from this in the future and, uh, and kind of things, you know, that are added onto this, that enhance like what, uh, the value of what you've got, what you get out of this year to make it even more of a recurring value for, uh, for being part of the community. But we just want to invite anybody that's listening to our program here today, uh, please consider joining our Patreon community. Um, and we're just like, even if you know, don't feel it's a fit for you right now, keep it bookmarked. And, you know, we'll certainly be uh, in touch with you guys uh, to, to let you know in the future, like how we continue to develop this more, how to continue to offer uh, new and, uh, and unique benefits to each of these levels. Um, so, yeah, we're just, uh, as we've talked about before, like every every interaction, every listen, every download, uh, everybody that, uh, that is, uh, joined, uh, anybody that joins our, our Patreon community buys merch, uh, interacts with any of like our affiliate deals, things like that in these early stage. Um, this is all a win for us. Like someday we're going to look back, um, back like when this thing has grown considerably bigger than it is right now and we will really hold a deep sense of gratitude and uh, and remembrance for all of you guys that joined us here early on and were early adopters to this that talked about this program with your friends uh with your family and uh, and shared it to other people that you know and uh, and helped us grow this thing so uh please consider our patreon community and with that, we have uh, actually believe our uh, Barrett. This is uh, this is your father, Tad Bostic, who is uh, our first uh, patron. If I am, uh, if I have that correct, yes, that is correct. Shout out to Tad Bostic, aka my dad, first ever patron supporter. So thank you very much, Tad. Thank you for believing in the show. Your support means the means the world to us. And because you are a patron, your mailbag question is prioritized. Mailbag is open to anybody, patron, uh, Patreon supporters or non-Patreon supporters. You can send us mailbag questions at nodoubterpodcast at gmail.com. But if you're a Patreon supporter, your question is prioritized, which hence why Tad's uh, question is prioritized. So uh, go ahead and read it off, Trav. What, what does he have for us? Yes. Tad Bostic writes to us, what do you think about seven-inning doubleheaders? How does this affect historical stats, records, etc.? Also, when a nine-inning game gets postponed, say due to weather, and a makeup is via a doubleheader, the game is now a seven-inning game. So, man... Yeah, obviously we're dealing here with the uh, kind of some of the recent developments and changes here to the game and this aspect of double headers in terms of kind of uh, uh, making up games, uh, combining kind of more action uh, uh, together. Uh, better unpack this a bit. Let's uh, let's talk and like how you see um, you see this ultimately affecting things. Yeah, um, 
That was a great question, Dad, um, because it's definitely weird. Uh, this is a carryover from the COVID season last year. Last year uh, in the COVID times, they wanted to speed up games by placing people on seconds in extra innings and also having seven-inning doubleheaders. But in a non-COVID year, these two things have carried over, and so we have had seven-inning doubleheaders this year in a non you know, shortened season, a full 162 game season. These seven inning games just will not go away. And as far as your question, Dad, there's really no better way to illustrate it than to explain what happened earlier this year to Madison Bumgarner. Um, I listed off all of the and people who threw individual no hitters, but someone who was missing from this list was Madison Bumpgarner, even though on April 25th, he pitched in a game that was scheduled to be seven innings. It wasn't shortened. It wasn't delayed. It was at the very beginning. They said this is a seven-inning game, period. And so he went in that game. He pitched the entire game. He did not give up any runs, and he did not give up any hits. But this game counted as a complete game, in the record books. It counted as a shout-out, but it does not officially count as a no-hitter. It doesn't. The record books do not count it as an official no-hitter. Which begs the question, you know, either seven inning games, they need to be counted as both complete games and no-hitters, or neither complete games nor no hitters if you're gonna call it a complete game why can't you call it a no hitter too i mean it's just that's just an obvious flaw in the rules right there i personally think that seven inning games need to go get rid of them this is a full season uh Get back to nine inning games, even in double headers. I know that sometimes, you know, players are rough and, you know, they're beat up and they've had a lot of games in recent, but seven inning games, get rid of them. They need to go. People need to get their full money's worth. And it, But as long as they're around, I think they should neither count as complete games nor no hitters. You've got to throw nine complete innings. Uh, that's just my thoughts. Trav, <laughs> what's your opinion? Yeah, I uh, to working off that the your kind of closing point here. I also think that the uh, the, the seven inning games just no longer really serve a purpose now in terms of the uh, the current standing with Major League Baseball. Vast majority of players being vaccinated at this point. Uh, the, the the virus being a very like m- very very minimal issue um, anymore now within Major League Baseball. Uh, I think like yeah, this is just kind of like another short sighted type of thing. Like they should have. There, there should have been like a contingency plan uh, that Major League Baseball had in place to kind of completely cut these out there and then also have an understanding of like when it comes to writing the records um, for these type of things, like how more of just have it to a very contained kind of period. Uh, so that way it's like a very small asterisk in the middle, in the grand scheme of things. Because continuing something like this uh, into this season, I feel like it just... Uh, it just throws thing off, things off. Um, and yeah, like the, the inconsistency with like calling things like no hitters and uh, versus like complete games and stuff like that. It's, it, it's just, it's another kind of unfortunate situation. Like it, this should have been better thought through. 
Exactly, you know, but we'll see, you know, again, it's all coming down to the collective bargaining agreement. Will they say enough is enough or will this just continue on? I mean, yeah, it's just one of the many things, the grievances of baseball. So there you go. Thank you very much, Dad, for your question. Your question will always be prioritized as long as you are our sole patron on Patreon. So <laughs> again, you know, again, um, thank uh, again, thank you for your support. It really does mean a lot. Yeah. So that's that's an uh, invitation to our audience. Start submitting your questions, and if you really want these questions answered, uh, get on one of our Patreon tiers, so that way uh, you are also a priority. And uh, mm-hmm. as this thing grows, that you will uh, you will continue to be towards the top of the list. So our next question comes from uh, from a friend of the show, Don Hale, and he asks, "Do you think professional baseball will ever be international? The East League would be Japan, South Korea, etc." Uh, interjecting real quick, I think Don is probably talking about the idea of like more of like a major league baseball that has international, like multiple international kind of teams, or like an MLB international or something kind of along those lines. And that's MLB sanction that reaches beyond uh, North America as it is right now. Uh, continuing on with this question, uh, after my little aside there, the West League would be the U.S., Canada, and all the Caribbean and uh, and South American countries. Something similar to this. Then we'd have a true World Series, so to speak. Um, yeah. So yeah, you've uh, Barry, you've kind of got some uh, some thoughts here that I know that you've you've unpacked on the subject. I know I think like baseball, baseball we know has a very international reach as a sport. It is hugely popular over in Japan, South Korea. The, its roots uh, it, um, in, in Cuba and uh, and Dominican Republic around the Caribbean, uh, yeah, and South America. Um, having even like in addition to uh, to the Toronto Blue Jays, uh, the Montreal Expos, uh, being part of Major League Baseball for a number of years, do you have ideas kind of how something like this could come about, or just what would you like to say regarding this subject in terms of international reach and what Major League Baseball could do within that? Well, Don, this is a pretty interesting question for sure. You know, America has the audacity of calling the baseball championship series the World Series, because I guess if it's, you know, if we're the best in America, we might as well be best in the world, you know, because American exceptionalism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It almost <laughs> seems like the idea, like, the word, like, the idea of, like, the World Series was more of this, like, hey, America's greatest pastime, it, like, the U.S. is where the best baseball in the world like converges on, and so it's, yeah. there's so many different players from across the country, different parts of the world, and so they come to the U.S. and then like the U.S. leads the way, basically waves the flag um, with the in terms of uh, the game of baseball that way. But yeah, oh, it's yeah. never been a major league baseball is not structured to be like a World Series where there's. Uh, there, there's teams from across the world. It hasn't been to that point. It hasn't been to that point at all. In fact, they called it the World Series when um, baseball was segregated, and it was just white guys from America. You know, it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> it, it wasn't anybody from other countries. You know, uh, MLB. They've been playing games. Um, uh, you know, in other on. Unmo- 
on you know territories such as Monterey, Mexico, and London, England in the past few years. I remember they had a series of Yankees Red Sox over in London, and they had the Astros play the Angels in Monterey, Mexico. They're trying to broaden their appeal because again they're. Uh, appeals declining in the United States, so they're trying to tap into other audiences. You know, right now you have the Baseball Olympics, which is actually happening this summer, and this could be the de facto World Series, except this is the Summer Olympics. The best players in the MLB don't participate in it. They just send out people who can't make a major league roster. They just send in like, ah, oh, we'll just send in some some minor leaguers to play. So it's, I mean, you you can't even count that. So, um, you have other professional leagues around the world. You have professional leagues in Japan and South Korea and you know the Dominican Republic and Cuba and all that. Um, I just, you know, other sports. Going international, I see the NFL going international beforehand simply because they play one game a week. Uh, I think travel to England, it's probably possible. But when it comes to baseball, you're playing dang near every day. And traveling and trying to face each other, um, it, it would be a lot to orchestrate. <laughs> Woof. Like, I can think of, like, oh... What what does our schedule look like the next two weeks? We are uh, we're the Los Angeles Dodgers. Okay, we're uh, we've got a three game homestand, and then oh, we're going to fly out to the Yankees, and then we're going to uh, we're going to have another road series uh, in Istanbul, Turkey, and then we're <laughs> going to then we're going to fly uh, yeah then all the way back across the international dateline to uh, <laughs> to come back home to L.A. Uh, all within a two week span. Yeah, that would be. Uh, that would be exhausting kind of like all the zigzagging that would <laughs> yeah that would try um, and come from like being a true like world championship yeah um if baseball's popularity continues to decline they might get desperate enough to the point where they want to tap into those markets um um and have leagues you know, combined to make super leagues. Um, this is being flirted with over on the soccer end of the spectrum. Um, but uh, you would just have to have you can you 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 couldn't jam pack games. You would have to have a, a many different a lot of multiple rest days in between series of games in order to even attempt to do this. Uh, will it happen? I mean, I. And not anytime soon. <laughs> I like the idea of it uh, because then it would be a true World Series. You know, in the Little League World Series, that is the closest thing to a World Series because you actually have, you know, you have the American teams play teams from other parts of the world, such as Mexico. So, I mean, that's the the purest thing right there. But Major League Baseball doing it, eh, it'd be cool. But man, but hey. You know, you got to think outside the box. We're, I mean, if you can think of outside the box, if you can make it happen, you know, it'd be pretty cool, you know, because there's talent out there. You have American play people, you have American players who play in the Japanese leagues, and then vice versa. Um, but it's an interesting idea for sure. But <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I mean, ultimately, I mean, what are your thoughts? Trav, what do you think it'll happen? <laughs> I I don't even care that we're we're recording this late at night right now. Like, I there's no 
sober-minded self like that I that I can think of like me being able to put together like a true world championship in baseball with major league baseball that works. It just, it's too many, too many variables that would go into like logistics and then like how does talent translate, um, across the world, um, styles of play, uh, the culture among fan bases, just, there's a, I just don't know if, if major league baseball could ever work in that fashion to being a true world championship. Yeah. And that's unfortunate. Uh, it seems pretty cool. Maybe they do the Olympics at a different time where the players actually do play and it could be the closest thing to a, a world series de facto on maybe they can play in the winter Olympics, um, just in indoor stadiums because to avoid the cold and the elements, um, that could be a, the closest thing and the most realistic option, just spitballing here. But who knows? We'll see. There's a lot of talent out there. But uh, thank you, thank you everybody, for your questions. Um, again, you can send us questions at no doubt or podcast at gmail.com. You can just reach out to us at any point in time. Just reach out to us. That's our business email. You know, reach out to us, you know, and just let's start a dialogue. You know, we're here. We'd love to hear from you. So uh, that takes it. That, um, caps off our first ever mailbag session uh plenty more to come hopefully and that brings us to the final segment of this episode something brand new we get to introduce today boom yes this is a fun segment called unwritten rule of the week because there are rules which mostly make sense and they sometimes don't but then there are unwritten rules there's a lot of unwritten rules and we want to enlighten our audience we want to unpack them we want to let our audience know exactly what these unwritten rules are so that way they can better understand the game so travis what is your unwritten rule of the week you know i i propose i propose this so I think as baseball fans, there are few things that are more embarrassing for us to watch uh, than uh, the, you know a pop up fly ball come down, uh, and the fielding is totally botched when you've got two or th- uh, two or more players converging on the ball. No one calls for it, uh, and there's uh, and there's a collision that results in unearned runs or on bases. Uh, not only is this humiliating, uh, I think I now propose an edict that this should come with shameful consequences for the players. Uh, mm-hmm. The beginning of the game, the officials now will not, uh, the umpire will now not only receive lineup cards from the managers, but also handwritten agreements for every possible, uh, like, for every possible combination of position players converging on the ball as to and who is to catch that fly ball when one or more player converts. <laughs> so like everybody in the, so yeah, managers now have extra homework to do leading into uh leading into each game. They have to uh they have to uh within their meetings with their team and during practice uh simulate pretty much every possible like fly ball uh out uh, situation and decide like, Hey, who is the player that is required to catch that ball when, uh, when said players converge on it, failure to adhere to predetermined fielding, even if it's successful catch will result in that player being assigned as the team janitor for the clubhouse for the remainder of the week, basically the next (laughs) seven, the next seven days following this, uh, following the snafu on the field. 
And suddenly across Major League Baseball, teams are furiously checking their calendar to make sure they don't have to play the Oakland A's. As Oakland Coliseum <laughs> has been notorious for sewage backup and toilet issues and the uh, clubhouse is overflowing <laughs> from that. And the A's are suddenly hoping that they're in the middle of a road trip, that uh, they uh, they do not have to... Uh, to um to to deal with a uh, a sticky and messy situation so to speak so uh yeah so as we we have this segment here uh this is this is our time to propose our own ridiculousness uh on top of the ridiculousness that uh, that exists within the form of baseball's unwritten rules so yes uh, boom what do you have in store for us here uh to propose Yep, you know, baseball's ridiculous, so uh, we might as well just make it even more ridiculous. And my unwritten rule of the week is, you know how sometimes you watch a game and it seems like the pitcher's throwing an excessive amount of pickoffs during the game. They're just throwing the bait, they're throwing the first, you know, one time, two time, three time. They just keep throwing it over them to to first, and it just seems like they're doing it more times than normal. Well... Um, there should be an unwritten rule where if a game is played on the day of a full moon, a pitcher <laughs> must attempt to pick off the runner at first no less than five times per runner. And they only have to do it at first. They don't have to do it in any other bases. Pick them off no less than five times on the day of a full moon. It doesn't matter if it's during the day or... Or as opposed to the evening, they have to do it. Failure to abide by this rule would probably, you know, result in getting called out for sticky substance checks, you know, throwing them out of the bus. No free drinks at the bars later that night, even if they play at home. Bartender's going to be like, dude, I mean, you didn't do the rule, man. I mean... No, I'm, you know, I'm cutting you off. And then, um, and then of course, getting snubbed by other MLB players during off-season workouts because they all work out together. But, I mean, if they can't abide by the rule, then they're going to get snubbed. They're going to be like, dude, the full moon, man, you didn't do it. I mean, dude, I'm not going to work out with you in, in Fresno this summer. I mean, forget it. <laughs> Is Major League Baseball just going to send, like, an email blast out to, like, all the bars in town? <laughs> be like, hey... Look out for this guy. He, uh, <laughs> yeah. he violated said rule. Yep. Uh, you know, it can happen. So there you go. Unwritten rules of the week. You know, why? Because, because why not? So, yeah, that was fun, Trav. I've been looking, I've been looking forward to the unwritten rules of the week for a while now, but yeah, yeah. You know, I was, you chat, you, we had discussed the premise of the segment. You you challenged me to it this first time around. It's like okay, if I can pull something out of the hat like that with my with my dry humor and everything, I think I can know that's a good starting point. And uh, yeah. and there's there's only more there's only more uh, unruined rules out there for us to concoct and uh, <laughs> and add to uh, and add to his edicts here for uh, for the great game of baseball. So uh, <laughs> well, we'll continue to have fun with that. 
Well, friends, that is all that we have for this episode of No Doubter. Thank you all so much for joining us here. Uh, go ahead and subscribe to No Doubter today if you've not already done so, if you're not already an active part of this community. So you do not miss out on future episodes and you're always going to be in the loop of when there's new content to check out. Uh, go ahead and leave us a five-star review if you enjoyed the show or really any uh, level of review uh, to let us know uh, where you think our content stands right now and how uh, and what you think we we can do uh, to improve this show moving forward. Go ahead and give us a like on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Join our Patreon community that we talked about earlier to get an even greater ac- level of access to No Doubter and help ensure we can continue to bring more of your favorite baseball content and then we can grow this thing uh, so that it reaches what people are looking for. Uh, go ahead and check out our merch store today so you can get decked out in your favorite No Doubter gear, uh, such as hoodies baseball shirts. Uh, you can get other little swag items like phone cases, uh, mugs. We've got more things to be coming in the future. You see all the important links in the description below. Um, the will include well, the situation with NC state, uh, and there, uh, what happened to them in the world series. So you can read that comprehensive report and kind of, uh, decide for yourself what you think about the situation and just kind of get uh, plugged into them. A little part of baseball here in the college world uh, that you may have not considered and check out that side of the sport. Um, that's been it for this, uh, this episode today. Uh, boom. What do we like to tell people as we close things out? Uh, it was a good, it, it, it's been a fun first half of the season. Many more to come. Let's all watch baseball together. Uh, go out there, bat 400 and always swing for the fences. See y'all next Tuesday. Y'all have a good one. This episode of No Data was produced by Eric Bostick and Travis Lockley and edited by Travis Bostick. Our logo was designed by Lindsay Silver. 